0: Hey, welcome everybody to the Coach Bono's Podcast on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Uh, we're recorded live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bow Show. Uh, you can check out our Facebook page. Just search Coach Bow and uh, you'll find the page there. Uh, Also, you can email us anytime, coachbonoshow at gmail.com. This is episode 16.5, the .5 pod, and um, coming out on Christmas Eve. I'm going to, I will never lie, I'll just tell you what's going on. Token Girl and I actually recorded a couple days ago, and I've had a rough week, a couple things happened. I got my booster shot, I had something family happen, and I was just very much out of it. Uh, Token Girl carried me. And it was she's wonderful. I love Ellen to death, but I was I decided I'm going to re-record this. So I'm actually doing this on Christmas Eve morning. We're going to get it over to Tyler and get this thing out today, hopefully. And uh, so thank you, Tyler Jones, in advance. Um, but I just I didn't feel like it was good content when I played it back. So I didn't want to cheat anybody, especially on Christmas Eve. And then I didn't want to ask Token Girl to come in and work and do and record on on Christmas Eve when. She can be with her family and friends, people she loves on Christmas Eve. So uh, we're going to give Token Girl Ellen the uh, week off. She'll be back next week on the point five. And uh, Merry Christmas to you, Ellen. Love you to death. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll just move on from there. A uh, couple of quick things. I'm going to try to keep this sort of quick. I'm only going to do two or three subjects today, I think. Um People were asking, so we're going to go ahead and put this out there. We're going to review our Fantasy Football, Coach Bo Knows Podcast, Fantasy Football, the last week of the regular season last week. Ended with the Tuesday games. And, well, folks, the losing streak continued. Coach Bo here lost four in a row. I haven't won since before Thanksgiving. And because of that, I'm out. Big head head up, uh, big cheers to... My boy Brandon Wallace, B Dog, who ended up claiming the fourth seed. So, our four seeds into the playoffs. Our guy Paul Hayward's gonna be the number one seed at ten and five. We then had four teams tied at ten and nine and six. Um, Mike McHugh, Uncle Rico, and Brandon Wallace get the three, two, three, four seeds. If you if you listen to the Jones report, Thomas Bridges was actually finished fifth, and I feel so bad for Tom. He missed the playoffs. We did total points for the season for the tiebreaker by one point five points. This be like one point four eight points. Fourteen hundred forty four point eight four for Brandon to fourteen hundred forty three and three Um Less, it's a little less than one tenth of one percent. Tom, I'm sorry, bud. The rules are rules. Tell they go. I can't cheat it for you. So we're gonna have uh, Brandon and Paul. We're going to have Mike versus Uncle Rico. The winners will face off next week in the championship games. Good luck to all of you. And, uh, God, I cannot believe this. Since DeAndre Swift got hurt on Thanksgiving Day, I have been going down, down, down. Haven't won a game since. I actually had a chance to get back in this. All I needed was for um, Brandon and Uncle Rico to lose. Or, I'm sorry, I need Uncle Rico and Mike to win. And had that happened, I would have been the fourth seed. But that didn't happen. So, you know what, you got to take the good with the bad. And congrats to those top four. And It'll be fun to see you guys battle it out here at the end. So, quick, a little quick there on the fantasy football reviews. Kind of let everybody know how we're going. We've got two weeks left. And that first game is already played. We're recording this again Friday morning. So, the Thursday night game already been played. Which I want to talk about briefly. I don't know if anybody watched the 49ers and the Titans um, yeah, I got a question. Does anybody think Jimmy Garoppolo's a good quarterback? Because I sure as shit don't. I, I, I don't understand how anybody can think that guy's a good quarterback. He makes too many mistakes. He doesn't have a particularly good arm. I don't think he makes good decisions with the ball. I, I don't see how he, first off, how he even got that job. And then secondly, I just, I, I think it's a lot of window dressing with him. I think that he's a good looking guy. People think, oh, he's... He can be a winner. He can be a leader. I don't think players like playing with him either. He doesn't take responsibility when he makes mistakes. Last night's game, he had two interceptions, one in the red zone. Um, just poor decision-making on you know, where he's throwing the ball sometimes. I'm very unimpressed with Jimmy Garoppolo. And the bad thing is, is that the 49ers aren't going to have him next year. They're going to they're gonna play uh, their draft pick, um, and, and Garoppolo is going to end up being a starter somewhere else. Someone's going to give him another chance, and I don't know if he's deserving that. I'm just not impressed with Jimmy Garoppolo at all. One thing also wanted to bring up, so a little something there on Garoppolo, get him out the way. I was talking to Token Girl, and we talked about this on the the version we recorded earlier in the week. We talked about this uh, idea that obviously Shad Cod is listening to the podcast, so. Mr. Khan, thank you first off and review rate us and reviews and give us five stars if you get a chance, Mr. Khan. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, last week I gloated quite a bit about Urban Meyer being fired and, and the uh, way in which he was fired with four cause and everything else. I laid out a pretty good argument for why that should have been done. Well, I have a message this week. This is gonna to go to Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mr. Khan, sir, I know you're listening. I appreciate it, first off. Secondly, I did, you, I did you a solid. I gave you a good reason on why to fire Aaron Meyer. Now I'm going to tell you who to hire. This advice is free. After this, it's going to start costing you. There's going to be a lot of talk on who the Jaguar should hire as their next coach. You're going to see names like um, Todd Bowles. You're going to see names... Uh, come up, I, I heard you know, uh, Dabo Sweeney, any NFL team that hires Dabo Sweeney is making a huge mistake um, I've heard a few other names here's what I'm going to tell you this is an easy hire if you're in Jacksonville the answer is down the road in Tampa, and I like Todd Bowles a lot, and I think he's going to be a great head coach again when he becomes when he gets another opportunity but I think the one you get is actually the other coordinator, I think it's Byron Leftwich Byron Leftwich has got a tremendous amount of respect around the league. Um, A big part of it I've seen the last couple of years is the respect he has in his own locker room, in his own huddle, and the respect he's been given by Tom Brady. Now, a big thing you can say is, well, hey, Bo, a lot of Tom Brady's OCs haven't done well as head coaches. Josh McDaniels is a great example There's been other examples as well, and that's true. Bill O'Brien, a couple of others. But what I will say is, here's why I think that Byron Leftwich is different. Those coaches that came from the Patriots' side, the Bill Belichick side, as great as we all know I think Bill Belichick is, one thing he hasn't been great at is training new head coaches. I mean, I think that the best one he's had so far um, is in Miami currently. And I think that the difference between Byron Leftwich and a Bill O'Brien or a Josh McDaniels is Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians hired this coaching staff in Tampa with the express idea of getting guys like Byron Leftwich, like Todd Bowles, chances of being a head coach. Again, if you can carry that respect of Brady, you know you're going to win the locker room. And the most important thing about this hire for the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's not winning the press conference. It's not making a huge splash in the media. It's about winning that locker room. That's the number one thing that Shad Khan has got to be thinking about, winning that locker room. There's nobody in the league right now that a young locker room like that team could get in Jacksonville that wouldn't carry the respect that Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich is one of the three or four best players in the history of that franchise. He's one of the most respected people across the board. He earns the respect of the room the moment he walks in. So again, Mr. Khan, if you're listening, I hope you are. I hope you do review and rate us. Give us five stars. Byron Leftwich has got to be your guy. Go get him. Make it happen. Good luck to you. He's also a guy you know can train your young quarterback. And right now, it looks like you're going to have the number one pick again. Get anything you can for that pick. There's not a great quarterback in this draft. You've already got a great young quarterback. Get whatever package you can and start building around that young quarterback and Trevor Lawrence. Build you some defensive players. I wouldn't have a problem with him taking Aiden Hutchinson number one overall, but I'd like to see the, the Jaguars spend a little time and get, a, get some more pieces involved. So Shad Khan, if you're listening, Byron love, which is the only choice you can make here, win the locker room. That has to be the most important thing. So from one Khan to another, and we're going to go from Shad Khan to his son, Tony Khan. So Tony... Now I'm gonna talk a little bit about AEW wrestling, and some of you are gonna be like, oh god, here he goes about wrestling. And some of you are gonna be like, oh shit, what's he got to say about wrestling? Um, Wednesday night, AEW, Tony Khan's thing, he uh he had the holiday bash and uh, topped off with the big trios match. We used to call them six-man tag team matches when I was younger. Now they gotta call them trios. We had the FTR and MJF against Dar- uh, Darby Allen, Sting. And CM Punk. Great idea. You get the biggest name you have in CM Punk on the last thing, you know, the last holiday celebration. I love MJF. I think he is the best young heel. Those who don't know, a heel is like the bad guy. Um, He's the best young bad guy you've seen in quite a while. I mean, I haven't seen anything like this in a while. He's he's swarmy. There's no way you'll want to like him. And the FTR, I kind of have this thing where those guys help him out now. Um, I love the FTR. i got the best tag team in the world, and I just hate that they've been booked so poorly in AEW. On the other side, you've got CM Punk, Darby Allen, and Sting. Darby Allen's a really... I have changed my mind about Darby Allen. In the beginning, I was like, who is this little bitty guy with the face paint and the... You know, doing some of the weird stuff he does. He's a little alt. I don't know how I explain that. I'm not really great at that. But it wasn't for me. He was sort of a thing that the younger people would like. But he's won me over. He's won me over because I think his work in the ring is pretty good. Um, he's got kind of the it factor, even though he is extremely small. Um, but And I think teaming him with Sting as his mentor has been pretty good. Um And CM Punk, if you know me, you know I love CM Punk. He's one of my four or five favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, So it was was great that AEW was able to get CM Punk to come back. And to get him to work with a lot of these younger guys. But this match was a train wreck. It was an absolute train wreck. And I'm going to go through it all here in a minute. Um, I did watch the entire Holiday Bash. So I'm going to hit some of the high points, the low points, and kind of give you an idea of what, if you're watching this, if you've got it in your DVR, or if you're going to go back and watch it later... I'm going to tell you what you can skip and what you shouldn't skip. So, very beginning to come out, we got uh, Adam Cole versus Orange Cassidy. Okay, I admit it, I don't get Orange Cassidy. He, he seems like he's athletic, he puts his hands in his pants, in his pockets. You know, I, I don't get Orange Cassidy. I, I don't think he has any personality. You know, you could say, well, the personality's in the... Stuff he does, I don't get it. I'm just not that guy. Adam Cole, I really, really like a lot. Um, you know, I was a big fan of Adam Cole when he was in NXT. I think he's excellent. He's more than just a hair. The guy is actually a really great wrestler. So we had a back and forth. Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy in what was probably the best match I've seen Orange Cassidy in, honestly. He actually looked competitive. Um, there wasn't a lot of bullshit in this match. They kind of went back and forth. Um, Cole played it really well as the as the heel. So we have a part where Adam Cole gets into the match. Uh, it looks like he kind of cockily is going to pin uh, Orange Cassidy by pinning him with his hands in his pockets, you know, mocking him. And, of course, Orange Cassidy kicks out. Uh, Bobby Fish comes to the ring. Of course, then outruns the best friends. Those guys are just freaking terrible to me as well. Don't get that whole shtick. But then we get the big surprise of the night. Kind of knew this was coming at some point. Kyle O'Reilly makes his AEW debut. And with that, Cole beats Orange Cassidy after Fish and O'Reilly do their move to um, to uh, Orange Cassidy. And then we see the, the pose. Cole, O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, the original three of the Undisputed Era from NXT, the, we have the Young Bucks come out, and they really don't, I, I have zero um, like or love for the Young Bucks, and they kind of, you know, they come down, they confront Adam Cole, he just stands in the middle between the two tag teams. We did see a day later that Adam Cole sends uh, you know, out on his social media a picture with him and uh, his guys from the Undisputed Era, so O'Reilly and, and Fish. It looks like we're working towards the guys from the Undisputed Era, whatever they're going to call them in the AEW, In AEW, versus the Young Bucks and then Kenny Omega when he comes back. Um, I'm all for anything that would be getting rid of the Young Bucks. I think they're awful. I think they're so overrated. I haven't seen a match there that I liked yet, and I think that they just look phony and they look like teenagers who are just trying to learn how to act. Um, and they look like they're jumping on on trampolines the whole time when they wrestle. Uh, So, again, I I really like all three of the guys, uh, O'Reilly, Fish, and Cole. Um, I just hope they don't – I hope they end up not having to succumb to the Young Bucks and Omega because the Young Bucks and Omega are the executive vice presidents of the place. So you had that piece. You had the big surprise in that. Then we get – to try to keep things going. Daniel Bryan. I'm sorry, I keep doing that. Bryan Danielson. He's Daniel Bryan to me. I'll try to get over it. Uh, Bryan Danielson comes out. He confronts Hangman Page, who's the new AEW champion, of course. He's not the new champion. He actually beat Bryan Danielson. Actually, they did not. Sorry, they had the sixty-minute draw a week before. So now, Danielson comes out and says, "Hey, you can't beat me. I want a rematch." Uh, this time, and they went back and forth with, okay, well, this time um, I want judges is what Danielson says. And Hangman says, well, I thought about having a cage match or an Man match or something like that. As good as those two guys usually are, this fell flat to me. Just their verbiage, and they strung it out too long in my view. So, again, sometimes you can hit the points and get in and get out. And I thought they just, I was still unclear as to what the actual rules of the match were gonna be coming up at the end of the promo. And I think that's just how they did it. We get a break. Let's uh, see. So then we have Wardlow versus someone named Captain Sean Dean. Of course, Wardlow comes out, and dominates him. I mean, Wardlow's the man. I, I I like this guy. This guy, if you don't know, Wardlow's the big son of a bitch. He hangs, he's with he's with MJF. And in this case, they've been having Wardlow come out with Sean Spears, who I don't understand this guy's gimmick either. He is the chairman, and he carries a folding chair. So Wardlow ends this match in like a minute. And Sean Spears beat the shit out of the guy with the chair afterwards. It doesn't help Spears as it makes him look stupid, and it makes what Wardlow just did look less impressive. So I don't know whoever's booking that. Again, if you need me to fix some things for you, the Khan family, obviously, if you're listening, give me a call. It'll cost you this time, though. No, it'll cost you this time. But I can fix that for you. Okay, so then we got Dan Lambert with his guys, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky. They're talking and talking. We get Cody Rhodes. So you know what I did? I hit the fast-forward button. By the way, Cody Rhodes' uh, jacket he wore a couple weeks ago. For his uh, match, I think he, well, I can't remember who it was now. Uh, it was against um, Adilio um, Andrade. It made him look like Captain Crunch. Google it, you'll laugh your ass off, I promise. So I kept I kept forwarding, and then I came to Nyla Rose and Ruby Soho. Okay, I I don't know what to think about Nyla Rose. Um. I need help here, folks. Obviously, Nyla Rose, if we don't know, is trans, and I'm all for that. I'm all for that lifestyle. I have zero problems with that. I still don't wrap, I'm not able to wrap my, wrap my brain around it on what's supposed to be a competitive athletic event. So that, I mean, I don't see a problem with it in the wrestling world. Still trying to get around to it, but I, I'm not against the idea at all. So that's where I'm at. Uh, Ruby Soho wins the match. I really like what she's doing. I love Ruby Soho. I think she's doing great. Um, I, I'm really impressed with her. She was Ruby Riot in WWE. She's done a really great job since so she's come over, and that's been awesome. Next we got Malachi Black, Griff Garrison. Uh, this is just kind of filler. Malachi Black, I really like what they're doing with him, kind of the spooky thing, and then looks like they'll be bringing someone with him soon. Uh, he has a match with Griff Garrison. Of course, Brian Pillman Jr. gets involved at the end after Black wins the match, and then we get uh, Matt Hardy. As soon as I see Matt Hardy after the match, this is actually a backstage segment. I just hit fast forward again because I have zero time for that shit. Um, I have just I just find him un- unwatchable at this point, so I just I kept fast forwarding. Then we get to the last match, the FTR. Uh, Cash and um, uh, oh, the FTR guys I can't think of names right now Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood uh, along with F- MJF versus CM Punk Sting, Darby Allen okay this could have been really good and I really liked the way it started it started out really well with uh, Sting stained the face paint with like the CM Punk kind of logo with the arms crossed and the X's on his hands and that was Sting's face paint Then Sting had, or Punk had, face paint like Surfer Sting from WCW back in the day, but that was a nice touch. Um, They come out, they have the match. I, I thought the match was a dud, and I tell you why. Sting shouldn't wrestle anymore. Sting is sixty-two years old. I, I was never a big fan of his. Now I don't mean guys, uber-talented. I've never been a personal fan of Sting's uh, just because I like heels and I just don't really care for surfer Sting or any of those other Sting's. He was never my cup of tea. Um, But no doubt how great he was. But he's 62 years old. He should not be wrestling at all. And he looked bad, and it dragged the whole match down. I thought CM Punk had a really poor match, honestly. I thought that was the worst CM Punk's look in a while. Uh, They did a a set where... Sting chased, or I'm sorry, Punk chased um, MJF through the crowd, and it, it just wasn't, it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. Uh, it looked like a, at the end, uh, it looked like finally uh, Punk was going to get a hold of MJF. Uh, it looked like he was going to get him with the GTS. Instead, Dax Harwood comes in, he pushes MJF out of the ring. Of course, they make everyone happy. They have all three of the guys, Darby Allin, Sting, and CM Punk at their finishers on Dax Harwood, and that's the end of the match. The crowd goes crazy. Kind of a good popcorn match end the in the night. This was okay. It wasn't great. Um, I just, again, I thought a lot of it was that Sting shouldn't be wrestling. I think that his role with Darby Allin's really good. But that piece, I thought he doesn't add anything to an actual match. And I thought it brought the whole match down. So... Uh, there's your little AEW report if you're watching AEW this week. They're also going to have a Saturday night show on uh, Christmas night. Uh, I haven't seen anything about it yet. I'm not going to. I don't know if I'll watch it or not. We'll see. Uh, I'm not too, uh, Not. it's not that important to me. So a little something there. Again, tell me if you want me to fix that for you, I can fix that for you too. That one's going to cost you some money though. So again, if you're listening, hey, give me a buzz. You can catch me at coachbonoshow at gmail.com. Leave me your cell phone number, Tony or Shot, and I'll give you a call. Um, I want to talk a little bit briefly. This will be the last thing we get into before uh, the end here, and that's all the COVID-19 stuff, and it's just it's just wreaking reaping havoc through uh, all of sports right now. We've seen delays. We're seeing have the NHL is taking advantage of their couple of days off. They usually have around Christmas anyway, and, they are, they took a couple of extra days beforehand so the teams could get right. Um, those sort of things. They've had they've had a lot of issues. The NBA has had to reschedule a couple of games, they're having to move some things around. They've got all sorts of players in protocol. And then the NFL has just become ridiculous. Now I did read earlier in the week, I was curious, didn't know the answer to this, so I looked it up, but it was, you know. In the offseason, we heard about how um, if if games were going to be rescheduled or there wasn't enough players or something going on with protocol, teams could possibly forfeit. And we hadn't seen that yet. And I was like, well, what's up with that? They haven't done that yet. Um, I did read on an article on ESPN.com this week that that was more to do with if a game couldn't be... um, If a game could not be rescheduled and the spread of the virus in that locker room was because a player uh, was not vaccinated, that a team could forfeit. I do suspect we're going to see more games getting moved around. There's some talk about the chiefs game getting moved this weekend. We haven't heard anything yet, Um, but it's now Friday. If they don't move it today, I don't think it'll get moved, but uh, you never know. I mean, there's some things that could happen here. Um, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. But we've got a lot of teams. And I know we mentioned uh, last week the idea of some of these teams should go into lockdown. They should absolutely go into their own personal bubble. Uh, why wouldn't at this point? I mean, go into a bubble and keep everybody healthy. you got three weeks left in the regular season, and then you have the playoffs. So you're really looking at about a month and a half? You know, what's wrong with just getting a hotel you know, these these NFL teams can afford the nicest places. You know, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you go to the you go to the um the Intercontinental and you rent the whole place out. Um I think after Christmas we may see that with a couple of places. And I know the players association is going to give them some shit about it and someone's not going to like it, but man, this is you too close to the end and what can happen is, you know, a couple of players miss a game because of COVID, and all of a sudden you might miss the playoffs. And if you don't believe me, ask the Cleveland Browns right now. You know, they don't have Monday, or uh, when they played Monday, they don't have Baker Mayfield and a couple of others, and then, bam, all of a sudden they are uh, behind the eight ball. So I, I think we're going to see some COVID protocols change a little bit. I mean, I know that now they can test out a little bit easier if they've been vaccinated, if especially if they've got their booster. Um, I got my booster this past week. It did kind of mess me up for about a day and a half, so – if you're getting it, I know I had a headache and I got a little nauseous. So not, I was a lot nauseous for about a day and a half. But uh, I feel like better today as I'm doing this. But, uh, man, it doesn't take but a few minutes. Get it done. You're, yeah, you might have some symptoms for a couple days, but you're, it's better than getting COVID. So um, I'm interested to see what's going to happen. I, I'm interested to see what team is going to miss a playoff game, is going to miss the playoffs because they had a COVID outbreak. Or maybe it's the opportunity. So I, I find that interesting. Uh, next week on uh, Monday's pod, we're going to talk a little bit about the playoff race. We'll have finished up uh, the week, except for Monday night's game, uh, the Saints and the Dolphins. I'm not too worried about that effect on that with the playoffs. So uh, we'll record something Sunday night with the kind of results from the weekend. And we'll be cl- a week closer to the playoffs and so have a little clearer view. We'll tell you if you're watching games this week or if you get a chance to watch some of the games, there's a couple of really important ones on the schedule this week. Um, First off, you've got Buffalo and New England. Uh, Effectively, this is the division. If Buffalo can win this game, then they get back into first place in a tie with the Patriots, and then you have a split uh, on who won what game. But if the Patriots win, they'll be two games ahead with the tiebreaker. That's not going to help Buffalo at all. Buffalo's been playing for a, for a wild card spot. Um, so Patriots, it's a big game for the Patriots. They can get uh, they can put down Buffalo for good. Buffalo needs the game to get back in the race again. Makes it effectively a tie, and then you go to the next tiebreaker from there. The other games look at this weekend. Uh, Let's see. We've already had Tennessee beating uh, the 49ers on Thursday night. Tennessee needed that game. If they're hoping to get that number one seed, uh, the two teams, Tennessee and either Buffalo or uh, the Patriots, most likely the Patriots, are the two teams that are hoping for a Chiefs loss sometime in these last three games. I don't think that's likely. The Chiefs have got a very favorable schedule. Um, The Chiefs have... Let me get it back up here. Um... They've got Steelers, Bengals, Broncos. Now, the last two are on the road. Uh, the Chiefs do have a bit of a COVID breakout. I know that they, we've had, they had Tyreek Hills on the list, uh, Travis Kelsey's on the list. But I don't think the Steelers are very good. And I think by game time on Sunday, um, those guys will have tested out a protocol, and I think they'll be fine. Uh, so that's important. That's, uh, see how that goes. That's the game that uh, Pittsburgh and Kansas City, that some teams are looking at and going, okay, We need the Chiefs to lose. We need the Steelers to do it. The other big one, Baltimore at Cincinnati. So this is big. you look at standings right now, in the AFC North, the Bengals and the Ravens are tied. Now, the Bengals beat the Ravens earlier in the season. So this effectively breaks the tie one way or the other. And the Bengals not only can break the tie, but also... They uh, they will then have the head-to-head tiebreaker if they win the game. Baltimore wins the game. They'll be a game ahead with two to play, knowing that the Bengals have to play the Chiefs next week. Uh, The Ravens end with uh, Bengals-Rams-Steelers. So that's an important game for both the Ravens and the Bengals, knowing that they've both got big games next week. It's really tough opponents. So keep an eye on that game as well. I think that's going to be another really great game. Um, I, I'm not going to forgive the NFL for this. Um, my birthday is the day after Christmas, so Sunday night. Sunday night football, you gave us Washington and Dallas. If you knew you were going to put the Saints on a night game, why couldn't you put them on Sunday night instead of Monday night? Um, but, yeah, you got to have Dallas at some point. Dallas-Washington is going to be trash. Dallas is going to just run right through them. So uh, I'm not going to hit all the games up this week, but those are a couple of the games to look at. Um, I'm also keeping my eye on the, uh, the L.A. Rams. Rams are playing at Minnesota. They're getting some guys off the COVID list. Uh, Minnesota's having some issues. I think even on short week, uh, the Rams had that Tuesday game. I think the Rams are back, and I think they're going to show everybody they're back this week, and I think they're going to put a whooping on the Vikings. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Christmas Day, if you're so inclined to watch football, I know I will be. We've got Cleveland and Green Bay. Let's hope Green Bay just rolls Cleveland because I'm tired of douche face looking Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's becoming one of my least favorite players in the entire NFL. Um, everything from what he's talking and not and really nonsensical to uh, his stupid commercials and everything else. And then we got Indy and in Arizona. And this is two teams that do we know... If either of them are very good, I I think Indy Indy had seven pro bowlers, more than than anybody in the league. And I think Indy's roster is really good. I don't like the quarterback. I don't like Carson Wentz at all. But uh, Indy's got – I think other than that one position, they're a very, very good team. They need a big win, and Arizona needs the win because they're tied, boys and girls. They've lost two in a row, and now – Arizona and the Rams are tied, and the Rams can, you know, win, and if the Cardinals lose, the Rams are ahead. They've split the series, the two-game series, so, you know, what do you do? Um, I think it's a big game for the Cards, so uh, we, should, we could have a couple of good games on uh, on Christmas Day. So tomorrow, if you're sitting around or if you're hearing this on Christmas Day or after, I hope you enjoyed them, and then we'll have the full slate on Sunday. I'll come back Sunday night with a little something that we'll put together for Monday morning uh, in advance of the Saints-Dolphins game. Um, I am excited that there's a possibility that Ian Book is going to be the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints on Monday night. I'm excited as a Saints fan because I think that it finally gives them a real quarterback because they haven't had one since Jameis Winston got hurt. Trevor Simeon's not a real quarterback because he's just not good. And Taysom Hill's a tight end trying to play quarterback, and he's just awful. So let's see what Ian Book can do. So I hope that the Saints do play Ian Book at quarterback this week. So and there's my hot takes for the week. Just a couple of Coach Bono's rants. Uh, last thing I do want to say is, you know, the holidays are here. You're hearing this. We're right at Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Day tomorrow. And I just want to uh, wish everyone out there, I want to thank everybody. You know, we are 17 episodes in. And uh, I couldn't be happier. I just... This has been a little bit of a labor of love. I've really had a great time. You know, Token Girl's been coming in and helping me, and Ellen's wonderful. I give her a lot of grief. I call her Token Girl. Uh, If you know Ellen, you know she is no Token Girl. She's wonderful. And Ellen and I were talking a couple days. We want to wish everybody Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Um, Just be safe if you're traveling. Be safe not just with your normal travel, but with COVID and the Omicron and everything going on. Please, please be careful. Hug your loved ones. Tell them you love them. Take advantage of this opportunity if you do see your loved ones to remind them. That's what the holidays is supposed to be about. It's not who buys the biggest present. It's not who does the coolest thing. It's about loving and and telling those people you love them. So take this time and opportunity to do that. Have a wonderful, happy holidays. Thank you again for joining us on the Coach Bono's podcast. Thanks to Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox, while you do behind the scenes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, most importantly, thank you to you, the listeners. You guys have been, we've been getting more and more listeners, and I couldn't be more thrilled. Uh, the interviews are going to come back a little bit in January. We've got a few of them set up already. We're going to do a few things. If you've got somebody you think we should interview, hit me up. Hit me up on the Facebook page. Hit me up on Instagram on on Twitter, you can email me. I want to do a few more interviews for the Monday Pods. We're going to do a few more coming up. We kind of knew during the holidays it would be a little more difficult, just people's schedules and whatnot. So I appreciate that. Uh, don't forget to rate us and review us. I know I say it every week. I say it multiple times. But here's why. It helps us in this search feed. It helps you find us. It helps new people find us. And we want to get that content out to everybody who wants it. So um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, we, we appreciate every five-star review. I know that a joke, if you get it less than five stars, keep your opinion to yourself. That does hurt us if we do less than five. So hey, if you enjoy the content, take a moment, boom. Until next time, I'm Coach Bo, Ryan O'Connor. Have a great week. Enjoy your holidays. God bless everybody. Take care.